Shut up and sit down. Welcome to Films D Digital Entertainment Editorial, Episode 1, with Joe Walters, producer of Films D Podcast, engineer and contributor, Kevin Hope, actor, producer, director, and myself, Richard Thomas, actor, producer, writer, content creator of Films D. This is our very first podcast. I need to back my voice up a little bit I, the, as I can um, get in, uh, notes from the engineer, Joe. All right. Um, so... Uh, first podcast ever hosted on Films D. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, man, Kevin, Kevin, you and me have been talking about doing this for a while. We finally got around to sitting down and doing it. Got the equipment for it. Yes, I'm excited. Um, this is going to be exciting, definitely. Um, I've known you, man. How long have we known each other? Like almost ten years. Ten years. Yeah, pretty much. Two thousand and five. Two thousand. Two thousand and five. No, 2006. 2006. Yep. May of 2006. We auditioned for this play called Two Trains Running by August Wilson, the Black Shakespeare. I came out my audition. I knew I had the role because something told me that I had the role. And I saw Richard outside sitting down about to go into his audition. And I said, I'll see you in the fall. And I did. We were in the same cast together. Yeah, we got cast in over the summer and uh, had our scripts. And come September, we went into rehearsals. Yep. Yeah. And the show opened up what February? No, the show opened up in October. October, October two thousand six. That's right. That was my twenty first birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was. Yep. Yeah, that was. I went on stage. One of the. I don't know if you performed that night because I know um, Ian. Was your understudy yep. performed for you a couple nights and yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I don't know if you performed that night or what, but I my on my twenty first, it was a Saturday show. I got drunk beforehand because Ebony bought me uh, a forty ounce of Corona, and I just <laughs> I was thinking about holding on to it until the end of the show, but I was like, I think I'm gonna try going out on stage tonight a little inebriated, check it out, see what it's like. I've asked nobody to perform drunk. No, I definitely don't <laughs> recommend doing that. I think that was the night I also threw the um, gun to Calvin, and it didn't land in his hand. It landed no, it on the, the money. It was the money. The money. The money. Yeah. Yeah, Basically, yeah. in Two Trains Running, it's this scene to where this character Wolf, played by Richard, and this character Sterling, played by one of our other guys, Calvin Dutton. Basically, uh, they have like this stare down, and Sterling, Calvin's character says that Wolf, Richard's character, cheated him out of his money in the bet. Uh, Wolf was a numbers runner. So eventually, Wolf ends up giving Sterling his money back. And in a scene, we blocked it out to throw the money on the table so it could slide across and meet Sterling on the other end. This particular night, it overslid and fell on the ground. And uh, we had a stare off. Had, uh, yeah, it was definitely it was a stare me off. And Calvin it was just staring down each other. <laughs> and he was like, Are you gonna pick up my money? And I'm like, It's where it is. You go get it. It's on the ground. It's for you. I'm not making the move. I don't know hey. if you have a gun or not. Like that was how that was my mind. I was like, You got a gun, I got a gun. It was a pretty intense scene. It was pretty fucking So intense. I'm just gonna wait for you to make your move. 
He yeah. finally grabbed the money, and that was the end of the scene. He kind of was upset at me about that after the show. I would have been upset with you, too. I was upset with myself. Yeah, because shit, my character would have been like. That was the first like, time I made a mistake on stage uh, You're like the demanding, not demanding. What am I trying to say? Um, oh, my goodness. I'm taking away. I'm I'm actually ruining a hierarchy between his yeah. and my character. You're, you're uh, demasculating. Yes, definitely. My I, character. Yeah, he was supposed to be the guy that just broke, got out of jail and still exactly. really street. His name is Sterling Johnson. I mean, mm. he probably related to Bumpy somehow. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, he, um, yeah, he definitely um, had a level of respect that I honestly kind of didn't give him at that particular moment of the show. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, it was a pretty intense stare down. I like that moment. It was just like, oh, oof. I didn't know if uh, something was going to happen backstage. It didn't, but. You know, that yeah. stare down was just like, if you were there, you would have been like, damn. So we won't but I did uh, encourage anybody night. to drink. Yeah, I performed perform. that night, though. That was, yeah, you were I right did behind. Yeah, that okay, night. you yeah, did so, perform that night. So, you, yeah, because you remember. Yeah, don't drink and uh, perform. Don't drink and drive. Don't drink and act. Message from our sponsor <laughs> at the DMV. Um, so it, mm-hmm. lately, and we started working quite a bit after that. After we finished working on uh, two trains, we did a couple short films. Yep. Shortly after graduation, mm-hmm. um, the first one was your short film. What now? Um. What inspired you to make that? I mean, I know, but the people don't really know oh, a lot goodness. about what inspired you. Back I mean, down a rabbit even back hole, to man. like when we were giving the presentation and you were answering Q and A's at the uh, Black Harvest Film Festival. I remember you um, didn't really go in depth about that experience. Well, basically, what inspired me to make what now? You you know you could check it out on YouTube. Just uh, search on YouTube Kevin Hope What Now and it'll pop right up. It's a silent film about a breakup that a guy uh, goes through. Right. And I intended for the film to be serious, but it was uh, a comedy. I can't help but to laugh at it myself. But um, basically, uh, it's kind of a true story. You know, I mean, obviously, it's uh, fabricated in the film. But I went through a breakup, and uh, I was with her for a long time. We ended up breaking up. So uh, I was kind of bummed out in the room. Uh, Richard was calling me and like, hey, you know, we got to go out. I had my uncle calling me, people trying to get me to hang out. And I'm like, no, I didn't want to stay in the room and and mope and, you know, mm-hmm. be down and depressed. And so finally um, I started listening to Kanye West, who's my favorite artist in the world. I started listening to his album, 808 and Heartbreaks. I used to hate this album. And so this happened, and then it grew on me. So I really like this album. This album is actually genius. It It's like the turning point in his career. But anyway, that's beside the point. But um, I started listening to 808 and Heartbreak, and it showed me that you could turn your art, your, you could turn your pain into art. Because I said, hey, Kanye West was going through this. You know, he went through a breakup, he lost his mom, and he created this genius piece of work. So I said that, why don't I be like Kanye and turn this into a film? At least it'll be giving me something to do and it'll be taking me out of this depression and something uh, positive is going to come out of it. So I uh, wrote the film, set it up in about maybe a week's time, uh, got the locations, 
you know, the cast, uh, the original actresses that I mm-hmm. chose all didn't want to do it because it was a free short film and, you know, they're not used to me being a short film. I mean, a filmmaker. So, uh, you know, I eventually got um, a, a lot of non-actors who were really, really good, you know, uh, really good. You know, shout out to Alicia, Sayana, Tiffany Johnson, uh, my cousin Amanda. You know, you guys are awesome. Um Thanks for helping me make the film. Is that oh, everybody? What about oh, your man, no, you forget oh, about your squad. I'm talking about the, the ladies, though, and Dominique Clemens. Dominique, you are you're beautiful. Thank you. And uh, you know everybody who helped me make the film. You know uh, Calvin McBounds. You know uh, Richard Thomas, Tori Blunt. Every, every everybody showed up, showed out. You know, so uh, it's cool. Oh yeah, Tori was a part of that. Yeah, Tori sure was. He was yeah, in the bar, he was in the bar scene. scene with me. Yeah, yeah. we sitting right across from each other talking. My cousin Amanda bought everybody drinks in the bar. You know, and uh, we were all inebriated <laughs> shooting that scene. Every, everybody had a uh, uh, fat tire, so that was pretty cool. That Where night. were we at? What was that? The Woodlawn. We tap? were at Woodlawn Tap yeah, in right Hyde there Park. In Hyde Park, right over there on Fifty Fifth in Woodlawn, Chicago. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And awesome. uh, you know, shot in the uh, shot in that um, uh, lot, the uh, the garden behind it. Shot in your old apartment around mm-hmm. there, yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah. It, it was it was a it was a fun experience, you know. But you know, uh, I loved everybody in there, and um, you know, I'm glad that uh, my first film I think was a success. Tiffany Johnson, she actually uh, saw the film. Tiffany, oh, the, and she was the I, uh, I have strawberry to say Tiffany Johnson because it's just like so milk. many Tiffanys she we know. Say, she, Tiffany, yeah, hold on. What, yeah, you're right. It's like it's we know true. a trillion Tiffany's. Yeah, there's so I have to say two, Tiffany yeah. Johnson. So, so strawberry milk, chocolate milk. You know who you are if you ever hear this. You know exactly who you are. If you watch the film, if, you will yeah. see her repeating that. Yeah, That's she's she's the, the one with the glasses moments. playing with her hair, and she has a slow motion scene with the mouth. It's hilarious. Strawberry milk, I yeah. love <laughs> strawberry milk. But um, you know, I got the film done in less than a week. Um, uh. I got a lot of respect for Calvin. Uh, uh, not Calvin Sterling Johnson Calvin, but Calvin McBown, one of my boys I went to high school with. Uh, Calvin put up with me. I'm a perfectionist when it comes to filmmaking. And I sent him back. Uh, this time we were kind of limited on equipment. So basically the only way we could edit this project is by giving it to him so he could take it to class and he edited it after, the, uh, after school hours. Yeah. So he would bring it back. And I would see it, and I would make my notes, and he would take it back to school, edit it, bring it back. I must have sent him through this like 15, 20 times until we finally got it right. And, you know, he didn't have a problem with it. He took it back, and he cut it up uh, so many times. It's so much easier now because we have our own editing software, and we could just, hey, you know, change that, change this. But then, though, it was difficult, and he was going back and forth editing the project, and I finally got it right. So I liked it. It was a silent film about a romance and a uh, mm-hmm. breakup. Check it out. What now, Kevin Hope? YouTube. Nice. Yeah, man. I I definitely um look back at one of the that film and felt as though you could have developed that into a series, man. Like a what happened after that once you decided that you were mm-hmm. over the girl. Like I mean, there because it is inspired on real events. It could have very well, you know, conti- continued uh, that narrative with what happened to you in real life shortly then after. Well, you know. I'm I'm not big on sequels. Um, as far as me personally, like I would go watch a sequel. Like Back to the Future is like the greatest film series ever made, next to like Jurassic Park. Hold on, you like Part Three? 
Of course. Like, dude, where else can you go with that? Like, you've already been to 1955 twice. You've been to 2015. You know, you live in 1985. All you have, I mean, you, you have to go to the past. And, I mean, what, what better way to go to the past than, you know, to be in a Western? It was genius, dude. Like, the music, the scenery, yeah. the uh-huh. jokes were on point. Michael J. Fox, you know, Christopher Lloyd and, like, a long coat and a shotgun. Like, dude, it gets no better than that. You wanted to see Biff as like this bad cowboy. I mean, Back to the Future Three is like one of like the best part threes of film. Usually, when you get to three, like Ninja Turtles three, it was like, oh my goodness. But Back to the Future Three was. Really oh yeah, when good. they went to Japan. Yeah, when they went to Japan, it was like, <laughs> oh man, y'all could have definitely made this a lot better. You know, oh you know that. Number one, and them like, action figures was pretty dope, though. Yeah, they were dope, but you got a collection yourself. I definitely do have a collection <laughs> of Ninja Turtle action figures at Ninja home Turtle. right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, what was I saying? You weren't um, you weren't really interested in doing a part yeah. two to, or any follow up. It, it's just that um, now I'm not knocking anybody who does sequels, who does web series, you know anything. It's just not me. I believe in film. And I believe in original mm-hmm. ideas. Now, I wouldn't mind doing a sequel. It's just that it has to be set up for a sequel. You know, like, I'm going into this film and I'm saying, hey, I feel or somewhere deep inside me is going to be a continuing thing. Now, if I go into a film and I'm like, hey, this is one and done, this is it, mm-hmm. then that's it. But... I mean, sequels are like, some films just aren't meant to be sequels. Like, Terminator is meant to be a sequel. Definitely. Terminator is meant to be a sequel. However, I mean, the reboot, that wasn't. The reboot. It shouldn't shouldn't have been a reboot. I mean, things get deep, you know, like uh, uh, people have the rights to certain projects for a a limited amount of time. So they want to milk everything that they can out of it. I don't blame them because I would do the same thing. Terminator is popular. We're going to make as much money as possible. And it's a good series. But you shouldn't have created the, a new film intending to drive it to a new audience. If you were going to do that, I mean, you should have relied. If you're going to recreate a movie about a, uh, a trilogy that already existed, I would have very well just made it for your existing audience. Why oh. would you make a film about twisting the entire story up, having three uh, villains? That are barely introduced into the film until maybe about thirty minutes into it. Well, Fox is—they're—they um, they put the series on hold, so they're not—they're. Oh, the follow-up to this new one. Yeah, they're not going to make any movies for a while. They're going to—they said they're going to reevaluate. Yeah, they didn't—they didn't make back anything that they put well, into it. You know what happened with that? For those of you who don't know, basically, um, I'm just paraphrasing right now, but. Um, when the rights to Terminator were sold, uh, part of the uh, obli- uh, part of the stipulation was that it was only sold for a certain amount of time. So James Cameron is going to get the rights to Terminator back very, very soon. It's just that Fox is going to have them for a little bit of time, but I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're going to bank out a, another movie or two before the rights are up. They'll, they'll. I'm sure they'll rather make a movie than give the rights up because that's what they did with Fantastic Four. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. But it's not the same um, 
It's not the same contract though. No, it's the same, but they're doing this. They would do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, of course, you know, because <laughs> so. I, I, I mean, you know, like me, I, I look at all sides of the story. Like if if I were in Fox's position, I'm going to make as many films as possible to, you know, make as much money as possible. But that's it's it's called the film business. So that's what you do for business: create a project, get money. You're gonna create a product get money so of the projects that you have made um with that being said which one would you have wanted to continue to work on and maybe spinning off into a series or follow-up project i think we were watching last night we watched what what now Mm -hmm. um the interrogation uh descend into madness um of those projects even i mean your project with um jeremy I mean, you know, coming from a, a filmmaker's uh, a point of view, like I said, I wouldn't dive off into um, you know, sequels. I mean, honestly, though, I would make a sequel before I make a web series. You know, congrats to everybody who has a web series out there. You know, do what you do and continue doing it, continue being successful and, you know, uh, fight for making your name and your work and your art and your creation uh, eternal in this world. But me personally, web series sequels, uh, I mean, I would definitely make a sequel before I make a web series. So I guess to answer your question, I wouldn't make any of them expand. I would just leave them alone and move on to something new. Now, if I had to absolutely make them into a, a series, then um, I don't know. All of them have the ability to to stretch and become something more than what it is. But uh, I love horror, so I mean, I would have to go with Descent because just off the fact that it's, it's horror, and I, I I have a lot of fun with that. You know, mm-hmm. now, you know, every everybody's opinion is subject to change. You know, it's kind of like uh, a lot of people say Tupac was the biggest hypocrite in, like, the history of, like, rap. But, I mean, he's human. And I'm, I'm just saying this right now to cover my ass in the future. If my mind <laughs> changes later on, like, for, like, a year or two from now, just know I'm human. And, human, you know, as human beings, we grow. All right, so speaking of things changing, I think we want to change the subject, uh, conversation. Um, I Quite frankly, I'm enjoying this conversation that we're having right now because we're um, really uh, um, ha- hashing out a lot of the um, – approach and direction that I want to take this uh, podcast uh, the format quite necessarily being uh, having a conversation with a online content creator such as yourself um, you've your short films um, you also are um, I know you have a couple of projects that are in development can't go into too much detail about that um, however um, I do know that you and uh, your crew of Finicad um, productions recently released a short dark mm-hmm. so or are you all intending to further develop any of that into a uh, ongoing project a, a feature i mean dark was just kind of something that we just uh we were all together had equipment and uh we decided hey it's a nice location downstairs so let's uh get ready to put something together real quick maybe in like a half hour or so has it been a lot of experimentation i i feel like a lot of what everything that you all work on is experimenting yeah i think that uh pretty much everything that we do is experimenting you know it's uh uh, uh testing the waters 
and a little bit more. It's kind of like opposed to putting your toe in the water, you're kind of like just dipping your whole body in it. So we just uh, we love to experiment, stretch, um, stretch, and see how far we could go with it. Just take a bath with it. Yeah, definitely take a bath with it. Shower. Yep. <laughs> Wear it all day long. Yeah. But uh, I like it. It's different. You know, it's 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 different from. You know, everybody takes things and you know they they flip it around into what they, what their vision of that certain topic or situation now is. Now, when but. did you and um, Tori and Calvin get together to work and then finally come to the, like what does Finicat even mean? Well, Finicat is short for a Finger Academy, a high school that we went to, uh, the same high school that uh, the director of Back to the Future went to. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. Uh, Robert Zemeckis? Robert Zemeckis went to Finger High School back in the day, Finger Academy. Okay, okay. Yes. And uh, oh, no, David Fincher, um, what did he do? Uh, Benjamin Button, he went to Oak Park. Oh, really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's cool. But, I mean, hey, Chicago has the best filmmakers. <laughs> Walt Disney, y'all. No, but uh, I know he uh, spent most of his time in Kansas, though. But, um,. Yeah, we uh we went to high school together at Finger Academy. That's what Finicat is for. Uh and um we got back together in 2010. I saw them actually on my way home on the bus. And uh I told them what I was what I've been doing. I was coming from a play and they said, "Hey, you know, we're dipping and dabbing into film." And I said, "Hey, you know, let's have a meeting and figure out what we could do." So, we created Finicat. Nice. Man, and some of y'all, a lot of your work is what primarily the creation thoughts and creations of Tori and Blunt. No, or you come to, or sometimes you're like Tori, I got an idea. Like, how does that work out? Uh, basically, we all come together and uh, say, you know, uh, this is the idea that we have, and uh, we try to figure out. Uh, at first, it was kind of difficult because. It was like, okay, so whose project do we do first? But then we kind of kept it like it's a group. I mean, you know, it's a faction with individuals. So, uh, I mean, you know, like that doesn't make, that's kind of crazy to say, but it's we're a faction, but we have individual mindsets mm -hmm. within the faction. Um, so if I were to write a film and I finished it mm -hmm. and it's complete and I set up the project, then we as a group will work on that project. And the same thing for everybody else. So uh, it was more like we're kind of on a time of whoever finishes first. First come, first serve. And I feel that that works better because it's not like this uh, argument about what's going to get done or, you know. And you have to have those to, to see what's better. But to me, at, the, at that stage we were at, beginning, it's better to just get whatever you can done so you can gain the experience. Cool. I always enjoy hearing the stories about how uh, production companies or teams come together because that's often the hardest part is identifying people that can play each role in, throughout the production process. Mm -hmm. um, you, I know, um, are also an editor. I mean, that's something I didn't mention at the beginning, but you've edited quite a few of the shorts that you all have produced um, mm -hmm. with the assistance of, uh, you know, the... Um, cinematographer being calvin um sometimes you've had other cinematographers like uh jeremy um collins mm -hmm. so um how was that process or as well as san nicole mm -hmm. um so you know you 
You go in, like, how's that experience? Like, how's that process? Because honestly, I've never sat around with another person in the uh, editing bay or editing suite and oh, worked man. on editing. I know with Descent, it was quite difficult, um, that editing process, because you, especially having to travel and to get over to uh, San, San edited that, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, San edited that, you know. I'm, I'm happy she did, because she definitely worked the magic on that project. And But uh, editing, I, I'd rather pay somebody to do it. It's a headache. It's tedious. You know, uh, it's a lot of time. Concentration It's frustrating. You need a couple of drinks. You know, <laughs> this is coming from somebody who doesn't want to do it for a living. Now, if there's somebody out there that's like, hey, I want to be a film editor. You, it, it may still be as frustration as like in anything. But I think that their tolerance is more uh, it's, it's built up more because this is what they really want to do. I'm mm -hmm. not an editor. I had to learn how to edit by force because of lack of resources but you know um it is what it is i i'm glad that i know how it, it definitely helps me but um i would rather get somebody who has a passion to edit to edit the project because i know it's going to come out great hmm. i uh just want to give you a compliment to your work as e editing both um dark as well as what now you had a hand in what now editing process right I mean, only uh, Calvin mostly had the, uh, he mostly did that. All I did was just give out notes. Uh, San actually came through one time and saw the cut. And uh, she uh, said, hey, you know, maybe you guys should go this route. And so she uh, gave us a little advice on the film. But, you know, um, Calvin edited What Now uh, completely. Hmm. You know. Um, it was. It's interesting how even when I saw What Now and San, uh, she had a, a short film that also preview uh that was uh shown at the black harvest film festival the same year yeah, yeah the same year as yours and it was also a love story mm -hmm. of, of sorts that it was the question right was it was that the one that took place in like bronzeville yeah 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 it, it, uh, it was what was it I, what is the name of the film uh that that's i mean because she came out with quite a few but yeah it was that particular year it was film. about um it was about uh, the, the if factor, the what factor, the, the if factor, what factor, the what, the what factor. factor. Yeah, yeah that, that's what, what it was. Yeah, the, the what, what factor. factor. Yes, that's exactly. The so, yep, she came out with the uh, yeah, that yeah. one the same year. We yeah. were both in the festival at the same time. Yeah, it was like you had what now, and she had the what factor, mm -hmm. and they were both from. It was a male's perspective on like what happens after a relationship, like when you reach that point of. Do I continue to try to fight for it, or do I give up and move forward? It, it was that it, both of your projects. I um, what do you look? Are we still recording? Mm -hmm. oh. oh, for some reason the clock keeps. Talking. Oh, I see. Okay, I'll oh, go ahead. We good on time? Where we at with time? Twenty six minutes. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. Well then, um. Speaking of saying, though, I wanted not necessarily to talk about uh, her, but specifically about the Chicago film scene. Um, I know you and I were talking yesterday, earlier today. Was it earlier? Yeah, we were talking earlier today about how the Chicago film uh, scene doesn't get as much recognition as it should um, mm -hmm. because a lot of the newer projects that are even being developed here, even some of the older ones like Batman, Dark Knight, um, they featured different locations in like uh, s spots in Chicago, like Lower Wacker Drive, but it was called Fifth Avenue, Lower mm -hmm. Fifth Avenue, like it's New York City. Um, how do you feel the Chicago uh, film scene 
is like who's really doing anything out here to really put Chicago on the map? Well, I feel that uh, it should definitely be more recognition. Like Empire, the hot show on Fox right now starring Terrence Howard and uh, Taraji P. Henson. It's based in New York, but it was shot here in Chicago. And, you know, like I was telling you um, earlier, you know, it's only known like that to Chicagoans and New Yorkers because we're from these cities and we know how they look. But um, I, I feel that Empire should have just been set in Chicago because it's it's a new stage that can be used opposed to just the same, oh, oh you know, let's always use New York, let's use L.A. I think that uh, Chicago should, should definitely be on the map more than what it is. You know, now that you uh, bring this up, Ed, I'm reminded of uh, uh, The Matrix. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wachowski brothers, they're from Chicago. Yep. And um, and in their movies, in the Matrix movies, they made a lot of references to Chicago streets like Wabash mm-hmm. and uh, Lake and State. And, yep, and Randolph. And, right. Yeah, when uh, especially when Neo was running away from Agent Smith in the first one. Right. And um, their latest, the Netflix uh, series, Sense8, uh, part of that was based in Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah, actually, uh, the Wachowskis, uh, they are, uh, they're from Beverly. Beverly's not too far from uh, where me and you are from, Joe. Yeah, no, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, for those of you who don't know, Beverly's... Hey, from out like, south? Uh, yeah, we're from out <laughs> south. You know, uh, they're uh, from the southwest. And um, they're like, you know, Beverly's like, you know, maybe 111th to like 119th in western. And uh, we're like a couple miles over on Halstead in the same street. So like 111th to 119th. So, yeah. So, yeah, you know, the Wachowskis are technically only like a couple miles away from us. <laughs> you know, they're they're a little older, you know, so they were, you know, long gone. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of like the same area, though. You know, Chicago, you know, we're, we're the best filmmakers. <laughs> we are the best. Man, I honestly wish that there was more film, like superhero films and action films that were made here beyond – Matrix and well, Dark Man, DC, like I, I Man, Man of like, Steel, uh, Transformers. Yeah, a lot of films are made. Right, uh, both of those four. action series, three and four, were made in Chicago. Both yeah, of those, exactly. Se- all of I mean, those series you know. aren't the like the best. Like I, I, I'm sorry, I'm just more interested in the story. Like Matrix story, solid. Um, the Dark Knight, uh, all of the Batman's by uh, Christopher Nolan, solid. Man of Steel, solid. Well, all, all, um, all of Christopher Nolan's Transformers. Uh, Batman's weren't shoot, shot here. Only, no. only the Dark Knight. Only the Dark Knight. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, a thing like in DC. Uh, I'm just Gotham talking City's, in general about yeah. his host, the entire Batman but series. But it's kind of like, you know, the unspoken thing. Gotham City's like Chicago and like Metropolis. It's not like New York. But, I mean, I don't know. What I'm saying, it's a lot of films shot here. It's just that I just feel that there should be more set in Chicago. Not necessarily like, oh, you know, but like Chicago should be used as a world stage like New York and L.A. is used as a world stage, you know. Uh, It's kind of like, hey, if you're coming, I guess, over from like France and it's your first time in America, I don't think Chicago is going to be like the number one city you want to go to. New York will probably be, hey, I want to go to America, let's go to New York or let's go to L.A., and I think that Chicago should be like that it city. We're not as big as New York, but, you know, like Terrence Howard said in one of his movies, Chicago has culture. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, th- I just think that Chicago should have a world stage, you know, a bigger world stage than what we have already. That's all I'm saying. 
So you think they should, uh, maybe Marvel should develop like a series or a film about like what, like the Great Lake Avengers? Uh, maybe. Have a have a moment where <laughs> Thor and Lady Sift are like living in Chicago. That'll probably be too much. I don't think anybody would be interested in, in the Great hometown. Lake Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> the Great Lake Avengers. They the have Great some Lake of the Avengers. worst names imaginable, man. I think I put it up here on my iPad. All right. Oh, down she goes. Down for the count. Got to pick it back up. Yeah, no, they have fucking craziest names imaginable. Um, you about to pour another drink in? What? Uh, you got Mystery Mortal. That's for him. <laughs> Big Bertha. Mm-hmm. Doorman, Flatman, Grasshopper, Squirrel Girl. Don't sleep on Squirrel Girl. Is Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl. She oh, beat yeah? Thanos. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she she beat Thanos. She she did beat Thanos. This summer. <laughs> <laughs> all, you need is, all you need is Squirrel Girl. Um, Monkey Joe. That's, I think that's what we're going to call you on the next introduction of the show. <laughs> Monkey Joe. <laughs> Monkey hey, Joe. I, I would totally date a chick named Squirrel Girl. You're, you're just that kind of black nerd? <laughs> no, I love like it. That. You know, Jar-Gar. for more race than one, right? No, no, that's probably Joe. He would date Squirrel Girl. <laughs> that's a, it, 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 fucking Monkey Joe is her sidekick. Um, nah, but uh, no, nah, I, I seriously think that that would be an interesting concept uh, to have something, maybe a a short series about uh, Great Lake Avengers. I mean, why not? I don't know. That's that's kind of like. That's kind of like if you were going to do the Great Lake Avengers, like make that into an animated series. And then I wouldn't be able to take it seriously. You wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I guess just... that. Well, that's the thing. There aren't a lot of like content in terms of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe that you can even bring to Chicago. You got uh, Daisy's father. He's from Milwaukee. Um, right. I mean, that's the Midwest. There's not a lot that happens in the Midwest in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. No, it's mostly in New York. Yeah, it's East Coast, West Coast yeah. type thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Would imagine that Thor and Sif. Where would they live in Chicago? Old Town. Yeah, Old North, Town. North Center. Golden Mile. I'm the Magnificent Mile. What am I talking about? The Golden Mile. Gold Coast. The Gold Coast. They wouldn't leave it, live in Lincoln Park, Lincoln Square. Uh, they're probably yeah. level. <laughs> Lincoln Park. <laughs> Lincoln Park will be leveled. <laughs> but uh I don't know. Um they skipped the bar scene in Wrigleyville. It's just like so many heroes out there that you really can't make all of them into like a movie or like bring them all. Some yeah, heroes I mean, are just time and money. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. It's a lot of things that you know that goes into it. Some heroes should just stay in the comic books. You know, it's it's kinda like so, so true comic book fans could still have theirs, you know, like, right. I mean, spoken as a true nerd, I just feel that sometimes when you're, uh, you just kind of want your own that everybody isn't a part of. It's like that person that knows about that band and they only know about that band or like maybe a handful of people only know about that band. And it's just like, oh, this is my band. But then when that band gets big, you know, everybody's like, you know, oh, well, I knew about them before you. So It's like one of those memes, though. Like, I, I was into such and such before it was cool. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hipster comic fan. Yep. So I just think that, yeah, some, some comic book fans to just have what's theirs, you know. Like, everybody claims that they're a Batman fan now. I'm, I'm one of those guys, like, 
I've been on Batman before Batman was hot. <laughs> just playing. What the, really? But no, seriously though. Like, Batman been hot since day one. Batman has <laughs> been hot since day one. I'm just saying that when he I just was thinks he's he's that guy. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, Batman the fanatic. But I mean, like, but every, that was you know, a joke. No one talks about you know Cyborg or Static Shock or Martian Manhunter. Or, no, Cyborg, no, talks uh, about Cyborg got his own they're cartoon. Not Batman. They're huh? not Batman. But though. I'm saying is like, doesn't he? No. What? What? Cyborg. He has his own cartoon, right? They have, no, uh, uh, he's uh, going to have his own movie. Animated, animated show yeah. on Cartoon Network. I yeah, think. yeah, uh, yeah. But, I mean, that's that's the Teen Titans, though. Well, yeah. It's not the same, though. Yeah, it's not the same. It's a group. It's a faction. But all I'm saying is that when we grew up, Batman was like the A-Hero with Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. You know? And Dude, they, I just they watched had the that cartoon. movie recently with my uh, yeah, the first Batman. family, man. And then it was Batman the Animated the Series. Horrible. So, no, that movie's awesome. Are you but, kidding me? Yeah, but we grew up on Batman, and now these Looking kids back grew up at the on Spider-Man. original, the first Batman with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. Well, technically, that wasn't the first Batman. No, I know it's not the first Batman movie, but it's the first one of our generation. Like mm-hmm. we grew up watching that Batman. That's the Batman we first knew. We came to know him. Like that was Tim Burton's like movie. Yeah. Yeah, that, like that movie. It? Yeah, that movie's genius, dude. You like, thought it was genius? Yeah. So you saying Seriously? it didn't age well? Did you realize? No, it didn't. Do you realize the effects in that movie? That that scene where Batman is like beating up. The, he jumped. He comes into the out of the ceiling, breaks through the glass. He's coming in on a wire. Though. Well, let me. Explain you see him on a wire. Let me explain this to you. You see the wire, and then the dude he punches him. The guy falls on his stomach. Then he he rolls himself over so Batman can pick him up and uh, throw him and shit. The best scene in that entire movie is the cathedral scene. That scene by yeah. itself, Cathedral. it makes the movie a classic. It I'm makes a genius. Scene outside of the, uh, city I'm, I'm hall. talking about that's not when, the city hall scene, right? I'm talking about the scene where Jack Nicholson, uh, well, when Michael Keaton flies the bat plane and he puts it in the moon and it makes the back scene when he comes down. Yeah, I remember Jack that. Jack Nicholson takes this long gun out yeah, of his that long and ass shoots gun it and shit. down. That, that it's absurd. No, he takes Kim Basinger into a... Uh, uh, Dude, that gun was absurd, man. And then he, had, he uh, t- took am the I, attachment Wait a off. minute. I, I know she trips about how, how some people say a name. Uh, am I saying it right? She, he takes Kim. Jack takes Kim into, in, into the cathedral up all of these stairs, and they have this music playing, and Batman beats up all the henchmen. Then you have this... this you know, epic scene to where they're hanging off the building and Jack Nicholson's shaking his ass and like stumping on their hands. Oh, it, dude, you like, he was twerking? Huh, yeah, he, Jack Nicholson was definitely twerking. What? <laughs> <laughs> he was twerking next to a fucking gargoyle <laughs> while uh, Kim are you sure Michael you gotta, was hanging for sure the dear life. Are you sure you were life. watching Batman? Huh? You sure you were watching Batman? Hey, Jack Nicholson was fucking twerking. This needs to be a YouTube video. Are you kidding me? Hey, I'm, I'm trying to tell you. I'm telling you. Like, but Jack these Nicholson these kids twerking. nowadays love Spider Man. It's like, oh, Spider Man, Spider Man. Like, no, Batman is the greatest hero. Well, Spider Man is Marvel's biggest uh, property. Like, they make more money off of Spider Man than they like the toys and stuff. Than well, they do. I mean, now, but mm-hmm. when we were growing up, it was X Men. Mm-hmm. Even then, well, 
Okay. No, when we were growing up, Joe, yeah, let's yeah, be yeah. real, it was it was the fucking X Men. This popular yeah, Spider Man was still popular because after and it all kicked off with the with the X Men series, and shortly after the X Men yeah, series, the there was a Spider Man yeah. series. But yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, X Men is the reason why these superhero movies exist in today's time. Superhero movies have always existed. Superhero projects, cartoons, games, whatever. Have you seen but have the you Marvel Cinematic Universe? Is this because have you ever seen the nineteen nineties uh, Captain America? Yes. Can I get can I get your thoughts? It should stay right where it is in the vault. <laughs> <laughs> if, I mean, you know, but I, I like cheesy stuff though. I like cheesy stuff, you know. Yeah, apparently you like that Batman. I mean, well, look, with I, Jack Nicholson and, and, twerking and, and, to and, and, you know, uh, I would go I would go back to that. I would go further back than that. I used to get babysat by my grandma in a, in a hair salon she used to work at on Saturdays. And after all the cartoons would go off, particularly X-Men and Power Rangers, the uh, 1960s Batman with Adam West would come on and we would watch that. And I enjoyed it. I still enjoy Adam West's Batman today. And it's cheesy as fuck. But I, I like that. You know, golly gee, Williger's Batman. Yes, Robin, we have to go and climb the building. It's, it's, it's fun. So years from now, uh, this is uh, this is kind of related, non-related though. With Daredevil, not Daredevil, Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. How you gonna you gonna you gonna cherish and remember that one and share that f- t- with your kids years from now? Of course. Seriously? Scratching at the door, <laughs> scratching at the door. What line is that? That that's that's from uh Spirit of Vengeance Part Two. Nicholas Cage is like flipping out. I only and saw Part One, man. Hey, hey, Nicholas Cage is like is like intense, dude. Like like I, I like that scratching at the door, scratching at the door. <laughs> like yeah, that's like another thing. People need to like pay attention to that. You know, they have to pay attention to that. It's it's there's it's a hilarious. YouTube video of that on a loop for it's like five minutes. Right? YouTube, it's they, hilarious. If it wasn't a YouTube you video of it, people would be like so drunk. It's just like it, it has to be a YouTube video of that one scene. Just him saying that. Just him saying that over and over. Joe, and don't over we had it? Didn't didn't we pull that up at the beginning of the show? Before we started, mm-hmm. that is hilarious. That was too oh funny. my goodness! Yes. And then you had it on double loop because you was playing it from two applications. Gripping at the door, gripping at the door, gripping at the door, gripping at the door. All right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> scraping at the door, scraping at the door. You know, Nicolas Cage is infamous for like these voices that he uses in all of his movies. You know, uh, what's the name of that one movie that uh, he, he used does. his voice to? It, it was it was really good. Um, uh, come on, guys, help me out. Whatever happened to Peggy Sue? Uh, is that it? Oh my goodness! Like, I, I'm drawing a blank I'm, right yeah, now. Yeah, I am definitely drawing a blank. I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, oh my goodness! It's kind of like let's see. Nicholas Cage. Yeah, looking it up right now. I think it's 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 uh, Peggy Sue. Um, What is the name of this movie? Peggy Sue Yo, got that's married. What you're supposed to be there for, man. Peggy Sue got married. Yes. That's your backup, man. That's that's what I need you here for. Yep. From time to time, I need you to pull up things when we're in the middle of conversation. Yeah, but with Kathleen Turner, Peggy shit. Sue got married, and Nicholas you're not even Cage, gonna pay attention. What are you doing on the iPad? His character had this voice throughout the you're entire the movie, thing? and it was so weird. Oh, okay, good. Peggy, the what? Peggy Sue got married. Nicholas Cage had his this voice. You know, it's uh, Nicolas Cage, Kathleen Turner. Yeah. 
And uh, if you guys don't know about the movie, it's basically um, Kathleen Turner and Nicolas Cage are like married. And um, she regrets the marriage and she gets a, a second chance at life and starts over. So she gets sent back to high school. And Nicolas Cage has like this voice. Like, I can't really do it, but it's so weird because they get into this argument and he kind of like loses the voice a little bit. But Nicolas Cage is like intense, dude. He is like amazing. The dude does like 50 films a year. You know, like you can't. I mean, he's he he's he's the dude. Him and Samuel L. Jackson d- does like so many movies a year, and I try to like catch them all. I'm like a big Nicolas Cage fan. No, I love Nicolas Cage. Last thing I really um, can recall seeing Nicolas Cage in was uh, National Treasure. Really? Uh, yeah, that dude. Was... Nicolas Cage has been in so many more movies since then. Oh, no doubt. I I know that, but so many movies. National, National Treasure was the point where I stopped watching. Jet- Nicholas Cage. Actors strive to be Nicholas Cage. <laughs> they strive to be. There's so many actors I give respect. It's crazy, man. It's just like I learned something from everybody. Everybody. So as an actor now, um, what do you see yourself uh, a few years from now? You know, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I know where I want to be. You know, I definitely know where I want to be. Um, and you know, I, I feel that everybody should have their uh, their goals that they know about personally, and then when they achieve them, and it's proven to themselves. You don't have to tell everybody, you know, what you want to do, which where you want to be in life. But yeah, because you you not you you prevented me from being able to discuss any of the things that I I know you're working on. So you're like, yeah, yeah we can't talk about that. I mean, and, and it's just kind of like you know, it's like, like cuts in his in podcasts. Yeah, there's points the, that I couldn't talk. The about saying that. goes, you know, work in silence. It's like, you know, everybody can't be a Muhammad Ali, you know, with the rope of dope and let the whole world know, then still do it. And, you know, it's successful. You know, some people, they have to map out their plan, work on their plan, and then, you know, come in silence. And then when the plan's out, everybody knows about it. And it's a success. It's just like, man, where did that come from? So, yeah, it's kind of like that, you know? Kind of like this podcast. Didn't really make any announcements about it before it happened. No, but but it's going to be a success. Let it be. Yeah, that's because you got Kevin Hope and Joe Walters. <laughs> oh, no doubt. Definitely. I appreciate you all for uh, making this possible. Um, this was the very first podcast for Films D, um, Digital Entertainment and Editorial. But I definitely Episode think that this one. is going to go far. Rich, you got a unique idea here. And yeah. It's yeah. an idea that everybody needs to hear. It's an idea that nobody is creating and somebody had to create it, and I'm glad it was you. Thank you. Um, and on that note, thank you. To everybody who's listening to Films D Podcast, Episode 1, we'll connect next time. Peace!